Episode 1, The Cottier Girl's Story. Hello and welcome to Famine Monologues, a new six-part fictional series on the Irish famine, written by Anna Carey and performed by leading Irish actors as part of the Great Famine Project on rte.ie forward slash history. In this episode, we meet Catherine, a young Cottier woman from the west of Ireland whose life will be transformed by the arrival of the potato blight. Catherine is played by Katrina Ennis. I shouldn't be out here talking to you. I know that. Mammy wants me to help her fix some things for the new baby. And of course, well, of course, there's the matter of being dead. Mammy doesn't understand why I'd be out here in the graveyard talking to a stone when I should be helping her with the sewing. Making sure my new brother or sister has a stitch to wear when it's born. Which could happen any day now. If you have to go out to that old graveyard, then you'd be better off saying your prayers instead of talking to that poor dead Gusheen, she says. But it is like praying, in a way, talking to you. You're up in heaven with God and the Blessed Virgin, aren't you? hope you are anyway. No, I'm sure you are. I'm sure. You were always very kind. Anyway, I don't know why Mammy is talking about praying. She doesn't set foot in a church from one end of the month to the next. And the priest in the village barely knows we exist. It always makes me feel better in my mind, talking to you. I don't know why. Even when I'm tired after a day helping Mammy weave the baskets, or working on the potato beds, with my hands raw from handling the seashells and seaweed that helps the prati grow. Mammy and Daddy and my brothers would say I was stone mad if they heard me talking like this. Liam's always asking where I'm going when I slip out of the Bahan. he drive you mad, that child. Mammy took me aside last week. She thought maybe I was running off and lying with some boy. One of the lynches, perhaps. And she doesn't like the lynches, but I told her I was talking to you. And then she shook her head and said, Go away with you then. You can't get up to any harm talking to a dead boy. So I went. Maybe I come here because it's so hot and close in the Bahan sometimes. I can hardly breathe. It'd be grand now at the end of the summer if the weather was good. But when it's lashing down the way it has been for weeks now, and we're all inside and the smoke coming up from the fire and it's all dark unless you're near the door, my eyes are red from it. If there was only some sort of a window, it wouldn't be so bad. The McInerneys near the town have a window in their cottage. And a proper stone chimney too. Ma once said, if we could just have one window, a window with glass in it, she wouldn't ask for anything more. But maybe she was only joking. She jokes a lot. Ma does. She says she has to. 
got a fierce hunger on me today. That's another reason I come and talk to you. Takes my mind off my belly. It's been a bad year for the harvest. And we haven't had anything but what we can dig up from the potato beds. And now we're coming to the end of the meal months. When we wait for the new potatoes to be ready. So it's been a while since we've had enough potatoes to feed us all. We've had to eat what Ma can make from the grain Dad buys from the Gombean Man. Mammy says that the Gombean Man is doing the devil's work. Selling food to the poor cottiers on credit. For the highest price they can think of because they know we don't have a choice in the matter. She says he's robbing us all. But he'll never see the inside of a jail or a hangman's noose. Hanging's too good for him, she said. And I've never heard her sound so fierce. My mouth is watering just thinking of those potatoes. Getting ready in the ground for us. While I'm sitting out here talking to you. To think of being able to fill my belly with them. With a bit of salt and seaweed. Maybe even a bit of herring. Sure a queen couldn't ask for a finer meal. I don't suppose you have to think of food. Or money. Or all that now. Wherever you are. We don't see any money ourselves. These days daddy pays the farmer, Mr. Carty, 30 shillings a year. For the bahan and the land. But he doesn't pay in coins. For he doesn't get paid himself in coins. He earns five pence a day for his labour on Mr. Carty's land, but of course, Mr. Carty keeps all five pennies to cover the rent, and there's never anything left over to hand to Daddy. Tom O'Brien calls this working for a dead horse, because you never get anything back from all your work. You just get into more debt. Mammy says, at least we have a roof over our head. Just about, says Tom and him pointing to a hole in the sods above the door. I thought Mammy might give him a slap, but she laughed. Moira O'Brien told me once that before Mammy and Daddy were married, people thought she was going to marry Tom O'Brien instead. I slapped her and said that wasn't true. But sometimes, when you see them joking together, you'd wonder... I have to admit, he's a handsome man for his age, with his fine fair hair and his pale blue eyes. He's like a man from the islands. Tom's wife, Peggy, died a few years ago, but he can't afford to feed a new wife, so he's never married again. At least that's what Moira says. But Moira says a lot of things. You remember Moira, don't you? Or maybe you don't. Maybe once you're in heaven with all the angels and saints, you forget about everyone down here. I wouldn't blame you for forgetting Moira, so I wouldn't. I'd forget her if I could. Tom wasn't looking so cheerful the last time I saw him, though. His sister, in one of the townlands to the east, has sent him her son and wants Tom to take him in. Herself and her husband have harvested their first potatoes and there's some sort of rot in them. They don't know what it is, Tom said. 
but it has a quarter of their crop destroyed. They won't have enough to feed all the six children all winter, so they sent the boy, Shanine, to Tom, because he only has Moira and her sister, Peggy and Bjork, to feed. Now the older girls are married. Shanine walked all the way here on his own. And him only twelve? I wouldn't trust Arlene to walk to Ennis without getting into some sort of trouble. And that's the truth. This Shanine walked here all right. And of course Tom took him in. He's hoping his own potato crop will be enough for the five of them. It's getting dark, so I'll be walking back to the Bahan. These days are growing shorter now. But there's still a grand light in the sea, and there's a good wind too. And it might just blow into the Bahan and clear the air so I can get some sleep for tomorrow. There's potatoes waiting to be dug. This series is a partnership between RTE, the Department of Tourism, Culture, Arts, Gaeltacht, Sport and Media, and University College Cork's Atlas of the Great Irish Famine, produced by Ethna Hand with sound design by John John Megan. For more information on Ireland just before the famine, go to rte.ie forward slash history. <laughs>